Hey y'all, what's good? It's your girl BJ the Vlogger, and you are tuning in to Brown Girl Tarot Podcast. <sighs> Man, what a long and beautiful journey I have been on. What's up, peeps? So I think I published um, a more recent episode maybe like five minutes ago. Um, I'm gonna be sharing that on my Instagram here within the next uh within the next hour i'm hoping as soon as i finish recording this one i want to see if the podcast got distributed on apple podcast yep um and then i'm going to share my link on my instagram and my other social media pages um so i just want to say i know i've been trash i'm done making excuses uh, i'm done trying to explain myself (laughs) there's really no explanation for why I suck so much why I've been so inconsistent um I think that I'm learning that I'm just one of those people that I have to take things at my own pace um and I hope that you guys can be understanding and loving with me and my journey and um you know keeping you guys updated with uh, information and learning the tarot with me but um (laughs) sorry y'all I'm just slightly tipsy it's my day off (laughs) it's my day off I've been editing for the last like two or three hours um and I was like you know what I'm gonna record the next episode but I need to make me a drink because right now I'm tired and um um, losing focus and you know whatever so um, I made me a glass of henny with cranberry juice and I feel a lot better <laughs> I feel way better um, so this next episode is going to be about the high priestess we're going to continue our journey over through um, the fool's journey in the major arcana but before that Um, I guess I could give you guys a little bit of a life update before I do that and before I do anything let me first um, say thank you to my listeners thank you to people that are consistently listening to this podcast if you want to support my podcast there is should be a link in the show notes of how you could um, be a monthly supporter or if you want to just drop a couple dollars in my account just you know one time for the one time you can do that too there should be a link in there um anchor i believe is has um, a platform now where you can support the um you know the editor distributor etc of the podcast that you're listening to if you want to send me something directly you can um send me money on my cash app dollar sign bj the blogger um i'll take whatever because like i say this show is edited produced i do the research i do pretty much everything for this podcast um at this moment and i don't get any coins for it i'm doing it for free which is probably why (laughs) i've been so inconsistent about it but you know at the end of the day whether i'm making money or i'm not making money i'm still gonna do it so um if you guys want to donate then you're doing it from the generosity and the love that you have in your heart um i'm hoping me reaching for this drink don't make no noise on the uh, mic oh that's good that's good um so just a life update i really don't have a whole lot going on i mean i am continuing my spiritual journey i'm learning different things it just feels like every other day I'm learning something new, which I guess I could make that. You know what? I think I want to make that a segment of the podcast is, you know, what I've learned since we last talked, um, what downloads I've received, what messages I've received, um, what epiphanies I've had, I guess for our first segment of what I've learned since we last talked. So basically I've been reading this book about Akashic records for the last pretty much since the beginning of the fucking year because I'm um, as inconsistent as I am in distributing this podcast I'm just as inconsistent with all other aspects and areas of my life (laughs) so um you know I I read I mean I'm one of them bitches that I I read five pages here ten pages here you know whenever I feel moved to read right 
So there's a book called The Radical Approach to, to the Akashic, Akashic Records, Master Your Life and Raise Your Vibration. So I've been listening, I've been reading that um, book for a while. And at first he was like, babe, can you read a couple pages to me or whatever? And before I even got a chance to read pages to him, you know, the first thing he asked me is, what are you doing in order to apply the information that you're reading from this book? And I, first of all, I didn't even read anything to him before he started asking me these deep ass questions. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that my boyfriend is, um, he's a little bit of a baby witch, uh, not as much of a witch as I am. Um, he's not as into the root work as I am, but he's definitely, um, you know, he does little things with me and alongside me. Um, and he's absolutely interested in it, but he's just not as invested in it as I am. Um, I mean, he reads tarot cards. Um, he does candle work with me and, um, he does healing work with me, etc. So if you follow me on Twitter, you may have read a couple of, you know, conversations and situations that I've talked about that have included my boyfriend, but, um, but yeah, so I have been lucky enough to have found a nigga that <laughs> likes me also and is also not scared to death of the fact that I'm a fucking witch. First of all, let me just tell y'all. <laughs> okay, so this is such sidetrack, but I don't care because I'm lit and I haven't recorded a podcast in a month and I'm just going to derail as much as I fucking want to because this is also mine. This is my platform to do so. So just to derail a little bit so I'm not initiated in Ifa I'm not um, initiated in anything really but I used to have people that I kicked it with that were um, initiated and um, they introduced me to their what's it Padrino put I was about to say Poblano <laughs> Poblano like the pepper uh, I think it's Padrino which is Godfather um, introduced me to him and um he owned a store he um he actually owned a botanica and he told me um that i was a child of oya and so like from that i've done research of oya and um if anybody asked me i would say like if there was an orisha that i felt more tied to it would be oya etc so um I tend to do things in order to give honor to her and offerings to her, etc. So they had a floor wash there that was in in Oya floor wash. So I do a floor wash in our apartment. Um, you know, every couple of weeks, I'll I'll completely smudge the apartment and completely clean and um, do a floor wash every so often. The other day, I was doing a I was doing a floor wash, and uh, with my Oya bath um, floor wash, uh, you know, soap or whatever. And I started, I looked up on YouTube on uh, songs for Oya and I just started blasting them while I'm like mopping the floor. And I wish y'all could have saw his face. Like I still do things that make him look at me fucking sideways because I mean, also like I'm moving around the house in a counter counterclockwise because uh, when people are possessed by spirits, they, they normally run in a counterclockwise counter clockwise direction so I'm I, when I do my floor washes I mop counterclockwise and um so like I just looked crazy and he like looked at me sideways or whatever so that's to say my boyfriend is a baby witch but I still do things to him that like throw him off anyways so um I was reading the book and before I got to read anything to him he you know asked me that question and it was interesting because it's the it was the first time that I actually had the opportunity to express some of the things that are going on in my head and some of the, like the the daily things that I do and the, the um, habits that I'm creating for myself um, and to be able to express it in a fashion and to articulate it because normally I'm just thinking about it in my head but to, but to actually like express it to somebody else it was it was nice to be able to do that but it kind of caught me off guard but um so if you guys don't know which i might do an episode about the akashic records which is pretty interesting because if you guys um follow uh little juju podcast she actually just published a podcast yesterday i think it was either yesterday or today um you know and she was interviewing a woman i can't remember what her name is but her her instagram is evolve to number two love and um 
she was interviewing a woman and she was talking about um, how she's a medium and how she accesses the Akashic records. And that's something that I have been trying to practice is accessing the Akashic records because personally, I think I've done it on accident a couple of times before. Um, so I think I have the natural ability for it. But anywho, um, I think I might make an episode about it. But essentially, the Akashic records is the this um, this energy or um, not. I don't want to say realm. It's it's basically it's it's a space where all of universal knowledge of each person's you know they inside of the little juju podcast she called it the soul's blueprint but um all things that pertain to anybody inside of the universe who have ever existed or currently exist it documents the their past their present and their potential future um so the akashic records if you want to think of it in layman's terms it's just like this library of all things that have ever happened since the existence of time um, which I mean time doesn't exist but since the existence of existence right um, and people have the ability to access the Akashic records um, and, and and you know that's a it's like almost like a divination tool and people have the ability to access these records and to um, tell people you know some of the things that are going on in their life that have happened and are something that they need to heal an energy that is attached to them um things that have gone on with their family or their ancestors that still currently affect them etc um so i i've been reading about the kashik records or whatever and so you know he asked me what am i doing on my day-to-day in order to you know live out and practice the things that i'm learning and so i want to share that with share what i kind of told him with you guys and what i told him is that the idea of the Akashic Records is that when you're accessing that, you're normally trying to heal some sort of either trauma or karma inside of your life. And um, because I don't have the ability to heal myself through the Akashic Records, because I don't have the ability to access it yet. Uh, well, I have the ability. I just don't know how to. Right. Um, but because I have not like learned how to access it yet. The only thing that I can do is go through my day-to-day experiences and interactions and relationships with people and try to understand how the things that are going on in my life that I'm currently experiencing, how it could potentially be um, a manifestation of a karmic loop that I'm currently in. So if you understand the way that the different realms work you understand that the realm that we are in when we are awakened is a different realm from the ones that you're in when you're inside of for example like a meditative state or if you are um, tapping into the collective consciousness of everybody or if you're inside of the dream world like these are all different realms or like the spiritual realm that has all of um, the links to our ancestors and Um, you know, our family members that have passed on, these are different realms that have different rules and the realm, the earthly realm that we are on, it, it really is just a manifestation of your subconscious, subconscious, unconscious, um, whatever you want to call it, whatever you have going on inside of your unconscious is projected into this earthly realm so kind of like when you see different synchronicities right um you see consecutive numbers or like for like i'll give you guys a good example i was at work and i was talking about um a particular employee to somebody that i was training i was like yeah this person is probably here today and as soon as i said that they showed up they like walked into the door And so like, that's an example of things that are going on inside of your subconscious that manifest inside of your life. When we all were reincarnated into, you know, this realm, into the earth school and, um, and came into these bodies, blah, blah, blah. We came in with a soul contract, right? Before we even were thought of, we signed some contract with our hired 
or whether our spirit guides, um, whoever you want to say. And we were like, all right, so I'm, I'm reincarnating onto earth because I need to heal this trauma. I have this karma that I need to fix, or I need to learn. There's something that I need to learn in order for me to elevate to my highest self, etc. And then we clocked into earth school. What I've been trying to do is see what synchronicities, what patterns and what habits that I consistently see over and over and over again in my life. And how am I reacting to these situations? And how can I react differently in order for me to exit this karmic loop? So I want to try to give you guys a really good example. So, so this is, this is one example I give you. So one karmic loop that I feel like I've had inside of my life that I think I finally got out of, which is why I met my boyfriend was I was always inside of toxic relationships. All of my relationships were fucking toxic as hell. Um, I was a people pleaser. I was dating emotionally unavailable people. Um, I was, you know, navigating my life based off of a specific person being in my life, etc. And it was a karmic loop that every single relationship I was in, I was dating the same exact type of person over and over and over again. So then eventually um, I became single again. And once I became single, I went to, um, I had a particular tarot reader at the time, Cora. And, um, you know, she was explaining to me about, you know, different things that I needed to do, et cetera. And so I started to practice self-love. I was on a self-love journey. And on this journey, I was focusing on myself. I was working out. I was eating right. I was getting a bunch of sleep. I was going to go get my hair done. I was, um, you know, building relationships with people. Not to say that I did. I didn't have toxic traits at the time because I definitely was. There was some definite, definite toxic things going on at the time. Like I was fucking random niggas. I was, you know, drinking a whole lot. Um, I was hanging out with people that I didn't really like that much, but I was just doing it because I hated being alone. But in terms of the relationship that I had with myself, I was building a better relationship with myself and I was starting to incarnate into my highest self. I was starting to manifest my highest self into my reality. And when that happened, my boyfriend came into my life, right? It was a karmic loop that I finally exited. And then, you know, I had a different, um, there was a different ending to the story right it's almost like goosebumps right you ever read those goosebumps books where like you just you're taking different paths and then like you you keep ending up where you die or some fucks fucked up stuff happens and it just happens over and over again until you take the correct path and then once you take the correct path then you almost like win um it's the same thing when you're dealing with your karma and when i say karma i'm not talking about the same karma that we all know of what goes around comes around and you know if you do something it's going to come back to you like it's not the same type of karma um this karma is specifically um almost like asterisks over your life like these are things that you need to fix inside of your life in order to exit these loops um so i mean some of the things that i've been doing is i've just been trying to look at my day-to-day experiences and interactions with people from another perspective of is this a am i in a karmic loop especially if somebody does something that's triggering for me like if somebody does something one somebody does something that's triggering for me two um when i'm inside of a situation i feel like i'm experiencing deja vu three if i'm inside of a situation where i feel like i am reacting emotionally but reacting in a way that is um, an automatic reaction from my subconscious, but not something that I've like sat down and thought about and and brought logic into the situation. Just different types of situations where it's just like, okay, is this potentially a karmic loop that I'm being shown? How can I react differently to the situation? And I do that pretty much every day, as well as obviously looking for synchronicities um, in my day-to-day life. Um, so that's one thing that I've been doing, but in addition to that, um, 
I've come to realize that um, once I've learned, once I've fully learned and grasped the concept that we that everything that's going on around me is just a projection of my subconscious. Like, yes, these things are material. I can touch these things. Like, every action has a equal and opposite reaction. Yes, like all of these things in my reality are real but they're only real because these things have a they have we have rules in this realm the realm that you're in when you're inside of the dream world you don't have any rules which is why it's so much easier for your subconscious to speak to you inside of your your dream state because there aren't any rules there so your your subconscious can speak to you inside of symbols and and crazy ass situations whereas when you're inside of this world if your subconscious is trying to tell you you know to have more control or whatever it has to work within the rules of this reality and it can only show you that by um the the path of least resistance and I really, really hope that makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, I feel like it probably isn't going to resonate with people that much. So I'll probably talk about it in a little bit more detail in another um, episode. But the path of least resistance is what's going to give you, you know, the synchronicities and the answers and et cetera, which is why it's so much easier for you to just understand numbers because you see numbers everywhere. You see it on license plates. You see it on clocks. You see it on your phone. You see it, you know on social media you see numbers everywhere so it's very very easy for your subconscious to speak to you in numbers because you're going to see numbers on a regular basis but your subconscious can speak to you in other ways but it's very limited because this realm this earthly realm has so many rules so once i accepted the fact that everything around me is just a projection of my my inner subconscious then i realized that there's things that I can do in order to manipulate um, what I'm projecting. There's things that I can do um, in order to kind of re reroute what's going on inside of my life. Um, I've learned that I can manipulate my reality and, um, and the action that I've been taking in order to do that has been through candle work. And the reason why I've been using candle work is because when you do candle work, you can take all of the elements that are a part of what can make a spirit. Well, not a spirit, but all of the elements that are required in order to manifest something. So what are all the elements, right? Think of the pentagram. Is that what it's called? A pentagram? I can't remember. Sorry, I get things wrong all the time. But you have earth, which you can use, which is inside of a candle, right? Um, what is the, what's the earthly part of a candle? I can't remember, but when I use candles, I usually dress them with herbs, right? And that's earth, right? So you have earth, you have water. Water is inside of the wax of the candle. Normally when I do candle work, I also have a glass of water next to me. So I can utilize that water aspect, but if you all you have is a candle, then the wax can also be representative of the element of water. Air. I normally, when I do candle work, I have incense burning next to the candle. That is an element of air, but the smoke that comes from the flame is also representation of the element of air. Fire. The fire from the candle is enough to represent um, represent that element, spirit. Spirit is the intention that you are putting inside of that candle. It is the action that, that, that your spell is gonna take. That is the spirit that is embodying inside of that spell work. All of those five things are necessary in order to materialize something inside of this realm. Because if you think about it, people, we are made up of all of those things. Now, if I want to change the trajectory of something that's going on in my life, I do candle work for it. And I'm not scared to do it at any point. I'm doing it at, it doesn't matter if it's a full moon, waning, waxing, new moon, I do it anyway. I just do it, right? And 
what I've noticed is as soon as I do the candle work, I start to see the projections in my life of what I need to do in order to fix it. So it's almost like being able to access the Akashic records inside of your day to day. Instead of you mentally going and visiting the Akashic records, you could bring the Akashic records to you inside of your reality by projecting it. So that's what I've learned. So for example, and mind you, this shit moves slow. It's not something that happens very quickly. So I'll give you an example and then I'll move the hell on because <laughs> I don't want to bore the hell out of y'all. Let's say I do a candle work around me being able to find the job that I want right i do candle work i do I, I'm, i'll do a spell seven day candle etc and then after i do that candle i look for things going on inside of my life so let's say i start going down rabbit holes on um about let's say i start going down rabbit holes about um stock market exchange right and it's something that I'm starting to see it a lot. People are talking about the stocks with me a lot. And um, I'm getting recommendations on TV for things to watch around the stock market. I'm starting to see, you know, synchronicities inside of my life, right? So after that, I'm like, okay, I wanna do another candle in order to remove any blockages from me being able to, to um, you know, be inside of do the stock market or you know go down this path right so i do another candle to remove blockages around for that so then um a job that i thought i wanted somebody takes the job right or something like that so those are the things that you start to see manifesting inside of your life and as long as you're paying attention to the patterns and you're continuously doing the candle work in order for things to be brought to the surface then you can really manifest whatever life you want. Like I said, though, it's not fast. It's not something that happens like, like that. It takes a lot of time. Like I'm doing seven day candles for every small intention that I want. So these are weak. These are <laughs> these are works that are going on weeks at a time. You know what I mean? And then even after you do the work, you still have to wait to see the, the, the patterns and the signs that could take two, you know, one to two weeks. So, you know, I mean, give it some time, but if you guys, you know, try it out, you know, let me know, hit me up on my social media and, um, let me know what, what you guys have experiencing, what you guys have been noticing. Um, so that's it for the segment of what I've learned since we've last talked. Um, I hope that's interesting i hope that didn't bore you guys Next thing i want to do is i want to do a tarot reading and um i did a reading in the beginning of the last episode that i just published so people haven't had the opportunity to give me any feedback yet um again if y'all hear shuffling in the background that's me getting my cards together um so i'm gonna do a reading for you for you guys but really the collective consciousness right um this this reading is for everybody this reading is for all of us um so me doing a reading for myself is me doing a reading for you because we all are one we are all polar polar oh my god we all are a part of the collective unconsciousness um i do want to make a correction to the last um reading that i did so in the last reading, I said that the Seven of Swords is the single mother's card. That's actually incorrect. The Ten of Wands is the single mother's card. So I apologize about that. Um, I do still 100% stand by the reading that I, I did um, because a lot of it was intuitive. But um, I just want to make sure you guys um, don't walk around with incorrect information. It's not the Seven of Swords. It's the Ten of Wands is the single mother's card. And that's the card that somebody is carrying a bunch of wands on their back and they're walking towards a tower where the seven of swords is somebody that has a bunch of swords in their hand and they almost can't control all of the swords they have in their hand um, they're very heavy and they're like looking back almost mischie mischievously um, and you can't tell if they're running away from something or um, if they are tricking somebody in, in some fashion um, etc. So just want to apologize to you guys about that. I'm 
made a lot of mistakes in this podcast. I'm not, I'm not even going to front. Like the, I think it was like my first episode. I kept saying synchronicities as synchronicities and I went back and listened to it. And like, it is just a fucking, oh my God. Like it just makes my skin crawl how much I was pronouncing that fucking word wrong. Um, but I mean, y'all, I'm not perfect. I ain't never going to pretend to be perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. I just am BJ, you know what I mean? So um, I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. <sighs> so in case you guys are interested, for some reason, I don't know why I thought about this just now, but um, you know how I always tell y'all I'm not no astro bitch. I am now currently accepting that I'm not an astro bitch. I am relying on different resources of other people to give me what the all the information that I need about what's going on in the Astros because I just don't have the energy or the time or really the interest to figure out what every fucking thing means in terms of fucking square mirror I don't fucking know what that shit is trine mercury and the stars and the planets and the I don't know. All I know is that I'm a fucking Sagittarius. And sometimes I don't even know about that. So it just is what it is. Oh, you guys. I have a really great show for you guys today. I can't wait to get into um, talking about the high priestess because I got some really good information for y'all. I think this is a card that I want. I think this is what I want. All right, so I'm going to pull. I'm going to pull. God, I don't think I don't think I want that. Okay, I'm going to pull three cards for our reading today. I pulled the Four of Pentacles. I pulled the Ten of Cups, which while I was shuffling, I saw the Ten of Cups. And I pulled the World card, which that's such a beautiful combination. Um, so just to kind of explain a little bit of every card. So the Four of Pentacles is a man that is um, standing on two pentacles. He has one on his head, one in his, one, um, in his hands. And basically it just stands for stability. Um, it stands for, I mean, you can, if you, depending on what deck you have, but you can look at the background and you can see it's a calm day, not a lot of clouds. Um, it's just, it's just a calm time. I mean, the shadow side of the four of pentacles can mean being stubborn, but, um, when I, whenever I see the four of pentacles, which I see it all the time, it, it represents longevity. And along with that, I'm seeing the Ten of Cups, which the Ten of Cups is literally the idea of a perfect world, right? You also have to remember the Ten of Cups is, um, cup energy is emotions, right? So it's not the same thing as, um, you know, earthly energy. It's not a completion, like, so, okay, let me go back. Tens are comp represents completion, right? So the Ten of Cups um, is this symbol is symbolizes this idea of you know exactly what you want knowing exactly what you see yourself being living your highest self and being emotionally invested in that it's almost just it's it's a vision right so the ten of cups obviously is is a really good card but it's not something to get too excited about because this is this is merely just a vision it's something that you're projecting but it isn't something that has completely oh god i keep burping just that motherfucking henny um it isn't something that has totally materialized yet and then you have the world card in conjunction with that so the world card is one of the most positive cards that are inside of the deck um, the world card is the very last card inside of the major arcana card which means that you are completely um, completing a cycle and I mean these cards together essentially are saying that like 
you are inside of a stable place. You're in a place that you have finally, you made it, right? To have the 10 of cups, which is this vision of what is perfect and alongside of the world card, which is a completion of being able to, that you, you, you're moving, you are along your highest path right now. You've completed the cycle, right? And then having this four of pentacles card and, uh, alongside of that means you've managed to meet this, this super stable, um, vision you've managed to materialize it and it's it's stable it's something that has longevity and i think this is beautiful because alongside that saturn just came out of retrograde saturn oh God, i hate when i refer to this stuff because i feel like i'd be fucking up but i'm pretty sure saturn is a karma yeah saturn is a karma um the king of karma or or something like that. I feel like I, I heard that before, but coming out of Saturn retrograde means everything that is out of your life that needed to be removed is gone now. It's already gone. And now you can finally be able to step inside of your highest self and live out the life that you were supposed to live. Live out the life that you envisioned inside of this 10 of cups. So you're finally able to move the fuck on. You've, you've completed the journey. You've completed the cycle. The retrograde is over. Let's celebrate. Let's sip some Henny. The fuck? <laughs> Reading was beautiful. It was short and sweet. You know what I mean? Short, sweet, and simple. I mean, all of these cards represent longevity. All of these cards represent, you know, getting what you want, getting what you, you most desire. Being inside of a place where you're happy, you know? And that's a that's a that's a beautiful thing because that's all that's all anybody ever wants is to be fucking happy. You know what I mean? We are going to get into the um, card number two, the High Priestess card, um, the High Priestess, aka the Wise Woman, aka the Sage, um, the Virgin, whatever you want to call her. The High Priestess is the motherfucking bitch. You know what I'm saying? So we talked about the magician before and the magician embodied this um, super masculine energy of action, having all the tools that you need, being able to manifest whatever you want in the world, taking nothing and creating something where as the high priestess is the female, not the female, excuse me, the feminine energy counterpart of the magician. You cannot have... You have to have a balance of these energies. And the feminine um, aspect of this energy is about, um, still about creation, but it is the impulse of, it's the spark. It's, a, it's that spark that turns that nothing into something. So yes, you have the magician that has all the tools and has the action part, but the, the feminine energy is that magic. Is, is, is literally like the magic that comes in behind that. Um, so what what do I have to say about the, the high priestess? So the high priestess, when she comes up in a reading, she's telling you to follow your intuition. The high priestess in terms of numerology has to do with relationships and connection. It's about duality and it's about balance, right? It's about balancing your intuition as well as your intellect. It's about balancing things that are black and white and being able to go into that gray area, being able to tap into your subconscious and to connect that to what you're, you're embodying and what you're doing inside of the material world and using that to influence your decisions. So the number two definitely has to do with you know relationships as well in in terms of the relationships that you have with other people but when it comes to the high priestess it more has to do with the relationship that you have with yourself right it's about being able to listen to the little voice in your head and when i say the little voice in your head i'm not talking about that negative voice that's putting you down because a lot of times that voice is just regurgitating information that that came from somebody else I'm talking about the little voice in your head that's trying to help you make your decisions, right? 
that is who the high priestess is the high priestess is literally your intuition trying to talk to you and that's why the high priestess card is such a feminine card because that is that is a feminine energy being able to listen to your intuition being able to trust yourself being able to to delve into the subconscious to take a step back and trying to understand you know what's going on from a different perspective like yes you have the yourself that you feel like is your personality and is your your light self that's on the surface to everybody but you also have that that self inside of your head that is making decisions and that is influencing the decisions and the things that you're saying without you actually having to say it and i'll talk a little bit later about what ways I um, try to, to channel my um, my intuition and my subconscious and you know um, get that out of me right so that I, I feel like I'm making decisions based off of what I truly feel like is the right decision but um, moving on we'll talk about astrology right so the high priest is ruled by the signs Virgo in um the sign cancer so the sign virgo is um related to efficiency being analytical and being hard working right it's that knowledge base is it's being able to tap into knowledge whereas the cancer sign is more related to emotion and um, being gentle and being nurturing and that is that feminine um energy that comes with being able to tap into your subconscious so um the high priestess card is also ruled by the moon which the moon represents your unconscious and the changes that happen inside of um, your emotional state because remember how people always say the moon controls the tides right the the waters on earth it the moon has direct um, influence of those tides moving back and forth and how strong the tides are it's this in the um that's the same when it comes to us inside of our emotions and our subconscious large bodies of water are is that is symbolism of your unconscious it is a direct symbolism of your subconscious so of course like that makes complete sense for the moon to be related to the high priestess in terms of archetypes right the archetypes that are related to the high priestess are obviously the priestess archetype, which is literally a goddess that has manifested itself on earth. Um, one goddess that is highly related to the high priestess is Isis. So another archetype is the virgin, right? The virgin archetype is thought to be the gatekeeper of all of spirituality, of being pure. Um, you think of Mother Teresa, um, you think of nuns, right? Anytime you think of female um, spiritual people that are on earth, you normally associate them with being pure and being virgins. Another archetype associated with the high priestess is the wise woman. And that's <laughs> like when you think about, I mean, if, if we're talking to black people, right? Your older grandmother right great grandma big big mama these are or the mammy right if you're thinking about um stereotypes that were derived from slavery these are the non-sexual people that have literally all the information that you need in the world and if they don't have the information you can always rely on them to help you sort out your problems and then the last is the sage which the sage is like literally the person inside of the movie that has all knowledge and is trying to guide everybody like uh the wizard of oz right there they were going to see the wizard the wizard was the person that was going to help them get home um this was the person that everybody looked up to everybody um felt like had all of the knowledge you can see it repeatedly in, in different types of movies that they talk about this this character that everybody just goes to they don't know how they came about and they don't know their story they just know that if you want the answer you go see this person just to get into some of the symbolism around the high priestess so the high priestess is sitting on a throne 
And as she's sitting on his throne, she's holding a, um, she's holding something that it says, I think it says Torah on it. Um, and it just is representation of having knowledge. And then she's sitting between these two columns. One side says B and one side says J. That's why I resonate with this card so much. Cause my name BJ and it got BJ on the card. But, um, it's a representation of things being black and white. Um, and she's sitting in the middle of that and she's representing that there is a, there's a gray area between all things. Not everything is just specifically like black and white. Yes and no. Um, you know, there's some gray area in between. So she is sitting in front of a body of water. Some cards, you can see the body of water. Some cards you can't again, representing the subconscious. And on that card, you also see pomegranate seeds, pomegranate seeds representing, um, fruitful nature, creation, um, earth, things of the earth. And, um, she has a veil on her and the veil representing the separation of the ego slash earth plane and the spiritual plane. And that's something that, um, is really important. And we're going to talk about that veil, um, closer to the end, of the, the end of the episode. So in terms of the shadow side, so if somebody was embodying the shadow side of the high priestess and it was something that you, you know, come, came up in a reading and, you know, intuitively you felt like the, we were talking about the shadow side, we're talking about, um, somebody that is taking advantage of the trust of somebody else by saying, Oh, I know all this information and this is what you should do, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, manipulating somebody to doing something, um, and saying like, Oh, because I have all of this knowledge, you should do that. But really there's alternative motives behind them trying to get them to do that thing. Um, another part of the high priestess that is a shadow side of her is creating codependency of her the shadow the high priestess is not somebody that is going to pretend like they know that the answer to everything because if you've ever seen somebody in a movie they normally don't give you the answer they normally give you some roundabout way of telling you that you had the answer yourself all along right because if you were to come to me as a tarot reader i am not the high priestess you have the high priestess in your head you can as perspectively, you could see me as a high priestess because I'm somebody that is helping you access that information. But technically that high priestess is your intuition. I'm not the high priestess. I'm helping you tap into your intuition. I am helping you read your subconscious and I'm helping you, you know, I'm give, I'm, so I'm taking you to that path and walking you alongside that path to get you to what's going on inside of your subconscious. But I'm not your subconscious manifested. I know I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty and I'm funny, but I'm not your subconscious. Okay. Um, so somebody that is, is living in that shadow side is they would be trying to create that codependency of as if you can't get the answers without me. When in reality you can get the answers without me. I'm, I'm not necessary in order for you to get your answers. There's some people that need a little bit of help, but, um, you know, I, you don't need me necessarily. And, you know, the shadow aspects, they try to create that codependency of like, all right, come see me again so I can help you. I can, you know, tell you what's going on next time. And, you know, let's meet again next week so we can talk about what's going to happen next. Like, no, the high priestess doesn't have time for that. Right. That's not that that person that's trying to create that codependency probably wants something from you and it's more than likely money. Um, so those are some of the shadow aspects of the high priestess. So some of the things that I do in order for me to tap into the high priestess is I journal and I journal. I talk to myself a lot out loud and I talk to my ancestors. So I'm not sure how much this is going to make sense, but I'm going to break this down as best as I can. The, like I said, the high priestess is that voice in your head. And a lot of times if somebody is Clara, not cog, is it cognizant? That's, it's not Clara sentient. 
I can't remember. It's one of the Claire's. A lot of it comes through your intuition and, and it comes through that little voice in your head in, in terms of just knowing things. And ways that you can practice hearing the answers and hearing your subconscious and hearing the messages from spirit, ways that you can do that is practicing having, listening to that voice inside of your head. What I do is I practice as if that voice inside of my head is another person. So you always hear about people that talk to themselves. I talk to myself all the time and I do it out loud. I do it anywhere. I'm in the grocery store, I'm in the car, I'm talking to myself. And that's because I am trying to decipher the messages that I'm receiving. A lot of times people have a hard time separating the voice in their head from their fucking ego. And sometimes if you're almost like having a conversation with yourself, then you're also rationalizing the things that you're thinking. You're rationalizing your thoughts, almost like organizing your thoughts, which is why I like journaling a lot because it gives me an opportunity to write those thoughts down. And if I want to read over it, I can read over it again and try to interpret what my thoughts and what those messages and what those downloads were as I was receiving them. So really all it is, is if you're trying to tap into your intuition, you have to find a method that works for you in order for you to organize those messages that are coming in. And everybody is receiving messages. It's not just people that are mediums. Like, yes, I am a medium. Yes, I feel spirits. Yes, I see spirits, all of those things. But everybody has an intuition. Everybody has a high priestess that you can tap into. You just have to find a method that works best for you in order for you to receive those messages. Because otherwise, things happen where your intuition and your thoughts are shadowed and, and overrun by the regurgitation of things that other people have said to you, the trauma that you have heard and received, and it manifesting itself into thoughts, the reoccurring and repetitive thoughts, negative thoughts that are going on in your head that are calling you ugly and stupid and fat and all of those things, your subconscious starts to be tuned out because of all of this other noise. So you have to be able to find a way to separate those messages. You journal, you can talk to yourself, you can meditate, Anything that you can do in order to tap into your intuition. That's the best advice that I could give you. With that, this episode is done. Um, so, per usual, I just want to say thank you to everybody that has been listening to this podcast. Everybody that has been here for me during my journey. Um, the next episode, we are going to be talking about the Empress the Empress is another badass bitch, um, but she is less of intuition and she's more of um, the fruitful and um, reproductive nature. So we will talk about her on the next episode. And again, thank you guys very, very much for listening. Bye.